Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Board Game Backwards, where we play games having never read the rules. I'm Shay. And I'm Cole. And today we are going to be playing Brass Birmingham. It's about time. It is about time. I'm glad I was able to get a hold of it. Brass Birmingham is rated 8.6. So it's up there for sure. Um, it is number one. Yep. Overall. Number one for strategy also. Like this is the one. It's in the, it's number 17 in the hotness. Like how <laughs> this game came out in 2018. It's in the hotness. Still as hot as It's ever. number one. Yeah, it's it's not going anywhere. So uh, the time limit is 60 to 120 minutes. I'm going to assume it'll probably be closer to the 60 side with two people sure. and more 120 with four. The weight is 3.89. So really not that heavy, medium heavy um, for a number one game. I don't, I don't know. For whatever reason, I'd almost expect it to be like 4.5. My perception of this game has always been like this is the most complicated that a game can be. And so to see that, I have a little more hope for what we're about to get ourselves into today. Yeah, so my when I think of a game that's really high up there, that's really hard, Twilight Imperium. Exactly. Because I know, I don't really know anything about Twilight Imperium, and I'm sure we'll do an episode on it eventually. <laughs> when we're ready to spend an entire Saturday <laughs> yeah, doing this. 240 to 480 minute game. Yes. Um, but that weight is 4.3. So... Just when you when you have to add that that weight and the time, that's just that's when lot. you're getting into something. That's a lot. All right. So um, Brass Birmingham is designed by Gavin Brown, Matt Tolman and Martin Wallace and published by Roxley. And when when I go to uh, when I go to Roxley's website for Brass Birmingham. Yeah, it is currently sold out. No way. A 2018 game. <laughs> a 2018 game, and it is sold out. All right. Not not only, you, you might expect that from like the deluxe, but no, retail too, sold out. Whew. So we better have a freaking good time, is all I have to say. I'm excited. So let's open the box. It's a really small box. Yeah, kind of narrow. Thin, yeah. I see money. The money's cool looking. One, five, and 15, which is an interesting jump. Uh, okay, looks like there's some some character tiles here. Classic. Ooh. I definitely want to be this guy with his mutton chops and his receding hairline. Vaguely looks... Martin Van Buren. <laughs> Very simple card designs. Mm-hmm with not a lot of helping information. Like when you look at the board, you have train tracks and you have rivers. So I should say, I do not know at all how to play this game, but I do remember a while ago watching a gameplay of it. So there are a few things that I am at least familiar with. Like, I know that beer comes into the equation for some reason. I know people joke about the beer all the time. Okay. I know what's right down here at the bottom left, but I don't know how it's used, what it's for. But I think well, all those of these the wooden things are the, are the mm -hmm. yeah, the beer barrels. Okay, so it's an up to four player game. We have four different colored circles, yep. four different colored hexes, and the trains are also well, four different you'll colors. you'll take gray, because your guy's gray. I'd love it. I'll take purple, even though it's my least favorite color. Good idea. 
And then I'm also going to take all of the white, gray, like, oh, boats and trains over uh -huh. here. Yep. I think you're right. There's some purple. Yep. The only thing with all of these tiles. Oh, they're also color coordinated. tiles. Well, I think you're right, though, about the colors with the trains and the boats. That I makes sense. So. But with these tiles being like black and yellow and There's red no and way. gray. I think like I'm looking at the, the cards and the cards have these these colors, except for blue. There's not any blue, is there? So are we supposed to have our own stacks? We might. Whew. It's possible. We, well, we might. Might as well. Let's go through. And then once we have them all, we can like compare. Each yeah, if we each and... have like the same kinds of right. tokens. Okay, so we have our tiles. They have all these Roman numerals on them. So I'm wondering if they stack. They, if you flip them over, that's where the half black, half color comes in. They also have diagrams of hexes and a connector. So if we are using like trains to transport whatever it is that we're transporting. Mm -hmm. That's going to have something to do with it. Our, our individual player board, it shows all of these. So it looks like we just stack them. Would be my guess. Sure. We just stack them on each of these oh, things. This, and yeah, they have. They have all the numbers. Yeah. So our one crates. There. Two goes there. I think you just like buy them or something and they give a better bonus. There are smokestacks. Um, sewing machines, coal trucks, hotels, ale, and a crate of something. All right, let's turn the attention to the cards here. Yeah. What can be gained? Let's see. This is a card shaped. Yep. I was going to say there's this little um, awesome. like sign hanging metal sign thing with card spaces. Right now, they're really well organized because it's the first time we've opened the game. But you I know what? I feel like we're going to need to shuffle them. Yeah. We can shuffle the cards. But one thing I just noticed is I bet our our person goes on the barrels on the left here. And I bet this is like turn order. Yep. Because you have one, two, three, four barrels and our circles fit perfectly next to them. That's a great one. Their turn order tracker around the whole entire board is a point tracker. You can even go negative, apparently. Okay. So as we get resources, right, barrels are kept track over here. The coal trucks are mm -hmm. going to be black cubes and the textile or sewing machine mm -hmm. is going to be the orange cubes over here. Yeah. So what else don't the we know? Only Hotels, thing... smokestacks. So I I I've seen like the the coal carts show cubes. I noticed that when I was same thing with the the mm -hmm. sewing machines. They have yeah. the orange cubes. So I guess like you buy one of these and then you get the cubes from over there, or I don't, where do you where do you put the cubes? 
Well, it looks like I guess cubes can are can be used to buy other things. Now, here's my thought. <clears throat> okay. So on my board, I chose to have all my tiles on the solid color. On your board, you laid oh. yours half. So I was looking at that, trying to see, like, is there a way I could tell, like, what the purpose what is and which to one to do? But next to each tile, it shows what's on the back. It shows that link icon, the up arrow money icon, and then I'm assuming like maybe a victory point icon or That's something. True. So I'm thinking it prob it's probably supposed to be on the solid side, but if you want to know what's on the back, you can see it next to it. Yeah, I can tell you right now, we are we're not even going to come remotely close <laughs> to the rules. There's no way. There is no way. Way too complicated. Hey man, the fact that we're There's figuring no out as much as we are because there is no text. Well, it seems to me like we always get pretty close on the setup. But then after that, it just all goes to crap. <clears throat> yeah, even cards a lot of times will kind of walk you through some stuff. Like Not these ones. This looks like a wild card to me. Mm -hmm. But what it is that we're actually supposed like, are we supposed to collect certain numbers of cards and that allows us to activate the tiles which allow us to then well obviously the goal is to get victory points so we just have sure. to figure out how do we get them oh yeah so some of these cards some of these cards are just this is a resource this is Catan. that's a resource card that's a resource card mm -hmm. so there's the the five different resources you got crate or house six i guess six yeah house textile crate coal smokestack and beer mm -hmm. all the all the essentials for 1700s life mm -hmm. and then after those and these wild cards then you have specific locations okay so maybe the cards just allow you to get to that location like you have to have the card before you go there or either that or it's like you lay a tile there if you have the card yeah and then I'm wondering if to actually move, you have to spend like a coal or a beer. You definitely need a it beer. Shows on the bottom of the, the board to move. Like those arrows. Top hat is going to refer to your character, right? So like you need a beer to move your character up the pecking order over oh. here. Yeah, you might be right on that. Could be. Where is Bur This is called Brass Birmingham, and there is a Birmingham card. So. Where's Birmingham? Is our goal to get to Birmingham? Well, here's Birmingham. It seems to be the hub. I don't, I don't think the goal is to get there, but it's just like, I think Birmingham's just the, the large city yeah. area. All right. So, yeah, how are we getting points? I I'm, I don't know. What What's confusing me a little bit is the points on that side of the board are just circles. But then there are Everywhere these... else it seems to be hexes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm seeing black hexagons outlined with golds and it has a number on the inside, which kind of leads me to think that it's points. But then again, why are there money symbols next to the levels? Um, it's one of two things. You either spend the money to get there yeah, some... or you get the money for reaching that point. Yeah, I'm thinking it's probably the latter. Yeah, because some of these, some of the point ranges are just in clumps. Actually, no, it's and definitely even that is... way. Because as you, 
when you're at level zero, it says negative 10. Money? I'm wondering if we start at level 10 with no money. Okay. When you level up, you gain that money for whatever spot you land on. And then you can lose money if, if you, you sacrifice if you points. Sacrifice points. So, okay, well, if you can... Do you, like, spend... How do you lose points? That's what I, I don't see indicated. Let's say that the, the black hexes are, are victory points. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the symbol with the coins and the up arrow, I'm assuming you get that money. Do you see that symbol? Yes. That, that looks like money to me. Where else do we see... Is there anywhere where we see hexes on the board that we would put our hex token? to mm. keep track of anything because this mm. unless you keep track of money and points independently mm. which i like the way we were doing it first where it's just in a bracket and you get that yeah, amount I doubt it so but where would these hex that's a i don't know that's a good question because there's a think about that let's see i saw a, there's a hex token here and a hex token over here just like but again on that's... the board but we have all those as... hex tokens on our individual boards for each spot, yep, which yep. I think is just victory points. Hmm. Yeah, where does this token go? Does it, would it go in like these areas that have like a empty spot and it says two, three, or four on it? Oh yeah, maybe you've claimed that's how we keep track of where we are as we're yeah, driving maybe, around? Maybe we, this is our moving token yeah to actually like go to places but you put your train or your boat right train on train tracks boat on the river Uh to get from one place to the like this is how you travel yeah i like that yeah yeah i'm guessing that we put our tokens in the cities that match the symbol and i don't get it though let's i mean let's start in birmingham that's the hub. That's where the most but stuff is. It's called I feel Brass like we'd Birmingham. probably start in like these spots that show player icons. I mean, maybe you can only move into those places to get that stuff if there are that many players. Yeah, when you move in here, you get four points and a barrel. If we could move up here, we get five points. Maybe you exchange and two beer for or, points. Yeah. Like, I'm only seeing one spot to get beer. Maybe. All right. There's only one spot that should. That's oh no, there's there's beer everywhere. Beer there, beer there. Well, we start with five dollars, because I feel like we should start with some money. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, these are this is trading. These little handshake. Oh 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 oh, no these I I forgot about these tokens these. Like, I don't know, how would you describe this shape? Uh, Rounded arch sort of tokens. These fit Mm -hmm. in these these player spots. And some of these have player indicators on them too. Maybe these are the ports in Catan where you can like move around what you're trading three for one or four for one. Seriously. All right, take take a big swing. What's what's a big guess? I say we start in Birmingham and we got to go from there. What would you what, what, what do you say the next purpose? Well, let's just randomly. <laughs> I did put, my part. 
these yeah on wherever arch tokens just in in places should i deal some cards do we is now the time to shuffle i'm i'm thinking that the cards are going to be dealt the fact that they have the same back i wonder if they're supposed to be together but i just don't know why there's three yeah i'd rather keep them separate for now unless cards like yeah, I have a card, and then I'm going to go there or something. Activate my trap card right there. Yeah, I almost I wonder if they're just supposed to be shuffled together. Is this the most befuddled you've been in the pre-stage? Um, I would say I've been just as lost and confused as other games that we've attempted but this one is the most i've it has the most components for how confused i am very true so it the like it's just as hard but now it's harder because there's more to be unsure about yep good setup setup tactic I don't know what to do with the orange cubes. I don't know what to do with the black cubes. I mean, if it is... Okay. If it is ticket to righty, you uh-huh. know, with the connecting places, maybe we shuffle out these cards and that's the destination we need to try to get to. Because you got your, like, goal cards in ticket to ride, right? You got to right. get to, from Seattle to New York and you get 20 points. So, there you go. Three cards. All right. Hmm... And then on your turn, you get resources. You use those resources to turn into trains and boats. You get to your locations. You get points for ticking off places. Some places give you certain other resources. You claim them. Okay. Well, obviously, we want to get to where we need to go. The only way to get there is by a boat or a train. Right. The only way to get a boat or a train is to have a black cube. The only way to get a black cube is to buy a cart. Yeah. So I'm going to spend my five. <laughs> and now I have my cart. I'm not sh- I don't know what to think about the underside. Maybe you, maybe it does start on the side that I was on and then you flip it to activate it. Like now, you know, you. But they're, they have different symbols, though. Because the one side says. You get two links, four coins, and a victory point. Versus the other side says you get two coal. Unless you get both, you take the two coal, and then you flip it over, and you also get the other stuff. Yeah, maybe the stuff's like the re... No. Well. Also, I feel like I would have to put this on the board, but Birmingham doesn't have a coal cart. That's right, we forgot about... Yeah, you take this and you put them in the squares that fit. But also there's nothing that says, oh, this is this is white. That's purple. Yeah, that says that that's mine. So that that is how we claim it. But in Birmingham, you can only have a crate, a crate, a crate or a house or a textile. Mm -hmm. And you can't even acquire textiles without coal, without coal. You can't acquire crates without coal. You can get your first house. You can get a house. It's 12 bucks. <laughs> yeah. 
My haters have no idea. Well, how about I uh, I bought it and I flip it over and I take. Oh, see, but now I'm wondering if to take coal, if you also have to pay a price to even take it. And it gets more expensive as you go. And once you run out of all the coal, then it costs eight to just get one for the rest of the game. That makes sense. Because then I have no money for nothing. Well, I'm just going <laughs> to... This is so dumb. Uh, I'm just going to do all the things. At this point, it's... Well, remember, when you bought this for five, did you get your four coins? No, because the problem level? is it's like, do you do both sides? Yeah, of course. Well, at you, this point, I was I was about something. to say, I, I we're going to have to play that way. Otherwise, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So I go up one level. Yeah, you got a point. Shays which one. gives me a coin on and then four other coins. So I get five. Great. So five coin. Two. You got a you got a two rail. Two rail. But I don't know thing. what that means. Like, does that mean I get to just place? I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the linking symbol means. Unless you need. No. There's so much. I don't know. Let's ignore it. So. I want to go to. I don't know. I want to go to Worcester. So I have to. Acquire black coal, um, which my cart lets me buy two, I guess. So I pay, what, three or two, one for each? Yeah. So I get those. Now it's more expensive for you to get coal. So I spend one, and then I place a... I want to do a boat because they're cooler looking. And now I'm in Worcester, which I have my card for. Achievement done. <laughs> sure. I feel like it probably indicates that I could build there, but at this point, who cares? Um, cool. I feel like I accomplished nothing and that I'm just as I'm going to be very stuck next round. But uh, sure, that'll conclude my turn. Go for it, Cole. <laughs> it's it's not a very great game if it's <laughs> drawn out that that's the only thing I can do. But the only thing that does not require coal is getting coal. So I'll spend my five coin also get four back and the level. So it's five. Just like Shay. And so did you, you didn't get to coal. You just like, you specifically bought it. Mm -hmm. Even though. It shows the coal symbol, but I feel like you still have to buy it. All right. So I'll buy mine and it's pricier. I'll just buy one though. That way I've yeah. still got three bucks. And then cash in that coal. To get, I'm going to take the train to Tamworth. Where I can get more coal. Tamworth is the coal capital of 
1770 Black Country, Britain. Boom! I have the Tamworth card. And I'm there. All right. <laughs> what a riveting game. <laughs> yeah, number one for sure. Okay, so my turn. Well, I can no longer buy any tokens. No, I think I think at the start of every turn you get a, a coin. Because you've moved into that coin bracket. I think it's just when you get when you go there. <laughs> but you need to get money. <laughs> um <clears throat> how to get money. I have no clue. This is stupid. Well, you have a coal, so if you had two more bucks, you could get a little sewing machine. Yeah, but I can't get two more bucks. I can't even come up with stupid rules also, to yes. get this game going. So, what do you think we're playing to? <laughs> even <laughs> I, know. I don't know a, how it ends this, this is more of a scoring track that it's just like whoever's highest at the end of the game wins but what triggers end game right by our no clue by our dumb rules it's like you know get to your three things but that's <laughs> definitely that's not it right i think it was uh nidavella or nidavella or however you say it i think if i'm remembering right i feel like we really struggled with that one I'm going to come up with stupid rules. But at least, like, we just did it. But I still try to make the stupid rules sort of make sense. I can't even think of anything stupid to keep going. Yeah. There's so much going on. Every time I try to come up with something, it just doesn't make sense. Because I'm looking at, like, this river. And it shows a river. shows three coins. Okay. So what? Like I spend three coins. But then where does the ship come in? Three coins in the fountain. It's you know, just like gone. it's <laughs> I, I'm in Tamworth and Tamworth has two spaces. One's a coal space. So can I put my coal cart on that in Tamworth and claim Tamworth as my own? Now, now I get coal perpetually from Tamworth every turn. Like, I've unlocked the ability to buy that, but then how do I get money? Right. The economy eludes us. Yes. You know, I think we might just have to take the L. Whew. Tie game. 11 to 11. <laughs> you can't squeeze any more points out? <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I think that episode 9 is going to be the first real episode where I am just taking the L and I'm just saying we can't even make up our own rules. <laughs> like we can't, I'm just, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm shocked that we couldn't come up with something. There's just way too much going on. Zero words explaining anything. And infinity symbols, I couldn't be more lost. Yeah, if we if we at some point have our own grading scale of like how yeah. easy it is to set up, how easy it is to figure things out, how easy how the board and the component pieces guide you through, 
This is a one out of 25 <laughs> out of like guiding us through it because the only words, like you said, the only words on the whole thing are the names of these British towns. Right. And like I mentioned, like we've done episodes in the past where there was no words to go on. But I mean, even just our last episode, there were no words, but I wasn't overwhelmed whatsoever. We made up our own rules. It wasn't a big deal. We got some things right, some things wrong. But for the most part, like it wasn't too bad. So it's not even the lack of words. It's the lack of words and the overwhelming amount of symbols and uncertainty of where to start. What do you think, Paul? Should we read the rules? We should read the <laughs> rules. Uh, I want my head to be filled with knowledge and not uncertainty. For the record, Dune Imperium has a weight of 3.02. So our range for how complex it can be and us still have a shot is sometime, somewhere under 3.89. But we can do more than 3.02. It's going to be like in that 3.5 range right. where but we it, really get stumped. But again, like I feel like a game... I don't know. Maybe we will find out how the, the weight comes into play with our trying to figure out the game. Because I feel like a game... I'm wondering if it's possible for a game to have a high weight, but us to still figure it out. It's just a hard game, but I'm I'm thinking probably not. I feel like they they might be connected. Yeah. And also, like BGG grades them out of a a five scale, right? And so for this to be almost a full one above Dune Imperium, which is like decently weighty like that's that's kind of my sweet spot for games that i just generally enjoy is probably around that three Mm -hmm. for this to be almost a four that it makes sense that we struggled the way we did yeah we'll have to see on a future episode when we do like a a four or a 4.5 oh so these are the it's just all the cards these orange cubes are iron Really? Yes. And we have our coal, and we have our... Oh, yep, so we have income markers and victory point markers. Ah. We have our money, we have our beer, uh, the handshake, our merchants. Separate the wild's location and wild industry cards and place them face up on two of the card draw areas. So the wild decks get their own. Interesting. Shuffle and wild, the rem- there's wild locations? Is that these cards? Yep. Okay. Shuffle the remaining cards and place them face down on the remaining card draw area. This is the draw deck. So all of these together. together. We take 17 pounds from the bank. More than five. The game is played over two eras, the canal era and the rail era. Interesting. Okay. The winner is the player who has the most victory points. Followed, following the end of the rail era, victory points are scored at the end of each era for your link tiles and flipped 
industry tiles. Each era is played in rounds, which continue until both the draw deck and player's hands are exhausted. There are exactly 8, 9, 10 rounds per era and a fourth, so there's 10 rounds in each of those. For each action, you may choose to perform one of the following. The crate is build. Place one of your industry tiles onto the board. So these are industry tiles. Mm -hmm. Paying the appropriate cost and consuming any required coal slash iron. Network, so you can expand your canal or rail network by adding link tiles to the board. Develop, gain access to higher level industries by removing industry tiles from your player mat. Sell, flip your built cotton mill, manufacturer, and or pottery tiles by selling to a merchant and consuming beer if necessary. After all players have taken their turn, perform the following steps before moving on to the next round. You determine the turn order for the next round, so the player who spent the least money this round will go first. Okay. Uh, you gain a victory point for each link tile, and you score one victory point for each link displayed in adjacent locations. So if you were built in Birmingham, then you would get two victory points. But So, so do we put these on the board? And so this would be a link that's adjacent? Coal is required to build rail links and certain industry tiles. To consume coal, a rail link or industry tile must be connected to a source of coal. Coal must be consumed from the closest connected unflipped coal mine. If multiple coal mines are equally close, Choose one. If a coal mine runs out of coal and you need more, choose the next closest coal mine. Consuming coal in this way is free. If you are not connected to an unflipped coal mine, you can purchase coal from the coal market. At this point, I'm wondering, like, should we just watch a video? So, just to give reference, that's what I'm looking up right now. Watch it play. The, the watch... The uh, the how to play on Space Base, which we did last week. Um, there's one learn to play that's five minutes. Another how to play that's 14. Um, the how to play for Brass Birmingham is 33 minutes and 31 seconds. <laughs> Watch it played. Watch it played 30 minutes, you said? 33 minutes. Yep. That's not bad. <laughs> Compared to some of those other videos I've watched. So yeah, let's do that. All right, Rodney, teach us. Unlike the previous actions, you will not discard just one, but instead three non-wild cards from your hand, placing them face up into your discard pile. You then take one wild location. Five players share the victory. And with that, you now know how to play Brass Birmingham. Well, I will say that Rodney Smith did a much better job than the instruction book was doing. But that was a lot. As usual. That was a... What? Holy smokes. What do you think? You feel confident? Uh, like a, like a six out of 10. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. We have read the rules. I am a little overwhelmed. I'm confident we're going to have a good time. We're going to get through it, but I think there's going to be a lot of rule checking to remind myself of how to play the 3.89 weight. <laughs> feels heavy on us <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, so we are going to go ahead and play. Uh, if you want to watch how we played, how well we did, if we enjoyed it, 
then feel free to watch the playthrough over on our Patreon, or you can watch the playthrough on uh, the subscribed content on Spotify. So we are going to dive in and we will come back and we'll talk about it. All right, everyone, we are back after a very slow and grueling start. I think we we got the hang of it by the end. Oh, phase two rail rail era flew by. It did. Um, OK, now. We were definitely playing it wrong. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the episode. Yes. So um, the final score was. 147 to 146 probably so, more than a couple beginners so should have cole dunn beated me by one point however what i want to say is so you're probably wondering how did you play it wrong well if you really want to see how we were playing it wrong feel free to go and watch but because um, and also there's probably more places where we played it wrong if you watch the whole footage back then i mean i feel like it was just the one thing which was every time we placed a tile on the board yeah and then we sold that tile we immediately counted the victory points it's not how you play you count the victory points at the end so that way if in one era you upgrade and sell multiple times you still only get the points once yep so all that being said had we played correctly, I would have lost by more. <laughs> well, because when you think about it, I, I did it upgraded, a couple times in the first round, though. But it doesn't matter because I did it way more than you. You did way more in the second round, like yeah. a ton. The the, the oh those twenty the That's kiln right. thing, whatever. Yeah, I did it four times. That is a lot of points. But did you now, did you get this one and this one both in this so, era? No, um, I did it. I probably got to like level three in the first era and then level two in the second. Yeah. But regardless, I did it. I did it a lot more. I did it to my beer. I did it to my my coal. I did it to like the whatever the kiln things are. Yeah. All I know is I did the. Upgrade sell thing more than you, which means I got more points than you. So. Really, had we playing been playing correctly, not only would our score be significantly lower, like a lot lower, but you would be you would have a greater lead. I don't know if it would be like by a ton. No, no. But it we, you would have you would have got got gained a lead there. Yeah. So, Cole, hot take. What'd you think of it? Okay, after the first era, I was like ready to quit like there's alternate rules on the back that says like for your first time if you just want to play the canal era like here's extra ways to score and i was like man this is taking forever we i still don't feel like i know what we're doing um and then that second era hit and we, like we had strategy we knew like i stumbled in the reason i won is because i was building more canals in that first round and you realize yep that that just those points multiply if you can get the canals in between all of these like mm -hmm. big connector rail things um i accidentally did that in the first round because i just thought you had to be connected 
for everything mm -hmm. and it's only three points per canal and so i was just like throwing three three coin everywhere i was low on money the whole first round um but then i got all those points at the end of the round and i was like okay this second round I'm going to buy like those 15 at a time mm -hmm. in one take yeah, and make sure I like solidify my roads. And yeah, that's second, second era rail era buzzed on by feel way better. Like flipped a switch. Yeah. About the whole game. All in all, like, I don't know. All in all still was weighty. Like it's tough for over half of a game to feel like it's, Mm -hmm. that much of a slog and a struggle but it came through i think yeah i um <laughs> like very similar experience the i would say the learning of this game was by far the hardest game painful we've done on this podcast so far it it was it, it was more than um castles of burgundy and we went to that rule book a lot. But this, it was every single time we weren't playing and the other person was going, was, it was here. Hey, hand, hand, hand the rule book. book. <laughs> it was, it was a, the whole first era. It was nothing but reading the rule book. Yeah. So that was rough, really, really rough. But once we got into that second era, it just, yeah, I just lit up. Like it, it was, it went from, kind of excruciating to just fun yes and what's what's so weird to me is i feel like in so many ways this game isn't much different than the castles of burgundy there's a billion different ways to make points you have the main board you have a separate board you're putting tiles in all these different places to earn all of this money um all these different things to collect victory points like just it it felt like there was as much strategy to this as there was to the castles of Burgundy, but I don't know what it is. I just like this and I hated that. <laughs> just something about this clicked for me different. I, I feel like there were some fun opportunities to get in each other's way. Um, True. Things that I didn't take advantage of, right? Let, we'll get into talking about how this played two players versus how we think it could like pull out to three or four. But early on, I was like, in the first phase, I was just trying to be nice because I remember like you're only supposed to have one per those like two guys. In the second round, like when I placed here, my brain was okay. I want to block you from being able to have the option. Like I started playing with strategy, mm -hmm. but then it didn't end up even like coming to fruition over here and turns out in the second round you can like double up on your own pieces in the two squares but yeah all that strategy all that like trying to mess with each other started to click yeah yeah i definitely uh, agree with you with the whole um the whole like boat and train path thing that one is a huge um, point maker. So I think that's important, but I love how this game truly did feel like there were a lot of different strategies and give it a try and you might win. Like it didn't seem like there was necessarily the strategy, you know, cause I've played a lot of games where 
there's one strategy that kind of seems like that's the main one. Yeah, technically you could go, you could follow a couple of different smaller strategies, but really you're probably not going to have much luck. But I felt like with this one, you could go any direction you wanted. Um, it's really cool to see how, like, for example, I kind of went more the, the route where I went with like these smokestack things that were worth a ton of points in conjunction with the, the beer barrels, mm -hmm. because every time you sell, you need beer. And so I was able to just work though on those two most of the time, whereas you used like all of your coal and a ton of your like brick buildings which i didn't use any of my brick period none and of the, those buildings i got worried that i had like overplayed my hand at one point because i was using so i was playing so much coal out there that i almost never had to use from the supply mm -hmm. but the couple times that you did then when you played your one coal you just you were able to fill it up you had like the right timing on when to put that coal out there to immediately like I was looking end game. You're looking for those places where you can like place and sell on the same turn, mm -hmm. essentially. And a coal when you can fill up the like empty coal slots, like you don't technically sell your coal, but that's a that's a buy and a sell, flipping it over in the same turn. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. Right. Yeah. So tons of strategy, but boy, it is an insane learning curve and I, i'm trying to remember but i feel like a lot of people have mentioned that but for a gamer like me and i can't i'm not going to speak for you but for me personally i don't mind like i can i can push through and i can get past it i don't really get very frustrated like yeah it was frustrating yeah but i wasn't like i know people where they shut down it's not just kind of like, oh, this is frustrating. There's so much to learn. It's kind of like they become a statue. They're, they they withdraw in themselves. They're bored. They want to leave. They hate it. Yeah. They're they're toned out. They're they're not listening to what you have to say anymore. They're not putting any effort in. Um, so if you have the stamina to learn this game, I think it's worth it. I, I if if it wasn't. Like if we had if, if this if we were doing this on a Saturday and we had like five more hours of like let's go again yeah like let's do it we know the rules this was fun um, and I I think too it's I don't think it's going to be quite like riding a bike if you leave this game for too long you're going to have to learn a lot yeah but if you and your friend group if you like to play this game and it comes out every once in a while you know relatively frequent then you're gonna remember most of it. And even if you don't remember, chances are one of your buddies remembers the rules. And so you're going to have fun. You're going to fly through it. So I feel like if if you like this, if you think you're going to like this game, then as long as you play it semi-frequently, then you're going to it's going to be a hit for you. And I think you're going to have a lot of fun with it. But if if you're if you don't have a dedicated game group, <laughs> I'm talking if you're playing with, you know, uh a couple that you met down the street or you're playing with your siblings and they're not big into this or the your hobby. uncle that only breaks out like sequence and uno right like, <laughs> yeah like this ain't for them don't just please i beg you 
do not teach them this game. Don't put them through it. It's not going to be a good experience for anyone. Like we're all about, I feel like our podcast niche, right, is the rule book and the the learning of the game process. We yeah. do it in like a fun, goofy way. Um, this rule book, this like the learning of this game was more obtuse than any game that I've ever played. And, and you go back to when we were first looking at like the weight being a 3.89. This truly is like a brand new tier of confusing to learn that I have not played before. Yeah. Like there's... You know, you got Sequence and Uno at the bottom and then like Catan or whatever. And then those fun games that are like in our sweet spot mm -hmm. of like Terraforming Mars or like Wingspan, the really fun like right. tier three that you feel like you could teach to someone else. This goes above and beyond that. And so, it, yeah, the rulebook itself, we found it more easier to listen to a playthrough of a video of someone explaining it to us and even like for one of us to explain to someone else just feels like a hard experience mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i i feel like okay now so say you're listening to this and you you think okay well i do think this is going to be a hit with my friends yeah it sounds like a fun game it looks like a fun game i want to give it a shot what would what do you recommend okay this is what i recommend do not teach this yourself I was on Reddit earlier today on, and someone was asking about, you know, how do you teach games? And I went on there and I said, just don't teach it yourself. <laughs> you, you need to just let someone like Rodney Smith over at Watch It Played. He, that's like his career. Mm -hmm. He does it for a living. Let someone that teaches board games for a living and they've spent hours distilling the rule book down into an easily digestible meal. Like let them do the work. I just the other night I was trying to play uh, a new game with my wife and I read the rule book. And so then I tried to explain it to her and she got confused because even though I've been in the hobby for a couple of years and I've even made a couple of YouTube videos on how to play a few games and I've gone through that process of distilling it and all of that stuff unless I'm spending a lot of time reading and rereading the rule book and deciding what order to go in it's just not I she would have been better off had she either done like the playthrough game on the app or right. watched a video so right. if you want to teach someone how to play this game go over to watch it played find the video of this game, have the person watch it, and then you can answer any of their questions that come up afterward. Or just watch the first half of this podcast where we're explaining it in the entirely <laughs> wrong way. <laughs> when we gave up and you will have Oof. nothing to go off of. That's what's so crazy is, like I'm trying to think back before we even knew how to play. And... Oh, like if it's taunting, it's a lot. Like, how else are you supposed to know? Like how the cards work in conjunction with costs and how you put them and how you sell them. And, and you saw it so early, like this is obviously the cost on the left hand side. But the only thing that doesn't cost coal is coal. And so we were both like, OK, well, we have to build coal somehow first we didn't realize that you can even just like use a supply of coal over here that costs money we kind of set these up but we didn't know what to do with them on the right side of the board like just little little things that 
absolutely broke <laughs> the experience without understanding what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I want to say part of the other reason why I say watch the video instead is the rule book got uh, just I felt like I was being waterboarded. Like it just it, it was all this information was coming at me and all I was all I felt like I was drowning. It, it didn't seem like an easy to follow rule book. It seemed really confusing. It wasn't it didn't feel linear like they would try to explain something that I didn't even necessarily understand yet because I hadn't gotten to that point yet. But and even Rodney in his video will like set up half the board in order to be able to explain mm -hmm how anything works you have to go a little bit out of order and so like in paper form that's a lot harder than watching a 30 minute youtube video for how complicated this game is like the rule book is really easy to go back and reference like they make it real quick to see what you're supposed to do mid game right. but to start dry like at some point there are some games that are just so complicated that no like anything other than a a 50 page novel is not going to cut it for yeah. explaining it through. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that I just time and time again, I feel like I come back to in each episode when there's more of a, a hard rule book is it almost seems to me like, okay, so here's an analogy. Car designers, they come up with a perfect design for a car, but in their head, they never think that the car is going to break <laughs> to them. It's a perfect vehicle, right? So then a car eventually is going to break and then the mechanics are stuck trying to get into certain parts of the car that were not engineered properly to get them in. Oh, yeah. Sometimes there's a plate in front of a bolt that you need to get to and you're screwed. And I feel like sometimes board game designers forget that you have to to someone that doesn't know how the game works, has never played the game. If they try to read it the way you had envisioned because you understand the game perfectly and you have it organized for each aspect of the game. Well, it's not linear. It's not going in order of how a person should learn. It's just separating it into its individual chunks and you're left trying to figure it out. So I feel like board game designers would be better off thinking to themselves, Okay, it's not about putting all the build actions on one page <laughs> and all these other like it needs to be, okay, how is a person best going to learn and how do I organize it? So so this is where I I think I disagree a little bit but for a different reason, mm. right? So this is just how I approach this idea. Kudos out there to Roxley the game designer because at the front of Rodney's video he said, "Hey, they sent me this. This is sponsored by this board game company. I'm going to teach you how to play." I feel like a, a good rule book should just kind of be a reference guide. Like it, it should be able to be an easy to flip in the middle of the game and see all of my build actions right there in front of me mm -hmm. so that I can reference while I'm trying to do something in the moment. That initial learning phase at this point, and again, for this complicated board game, kind of just needs to be given over to the expert and, and in a long form YouTube video, which they've done. Like that's a very like you scratch my, your back. I scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of thing. Like Roxley sends it over to Rodney so that they can get some awareness out for their game and so that they can, you know, have a good distilled, well-explained version of the rules. But then also Rodney gets like views on his channel and that's his income and that's how he right. makes money. Right. So like 
everyone is kind of being serviced in a good way. And then they don't have to put so much time in the rule book because at the end of the day, most games are being explained either through a YouTube video or a YouTube video of people playing an entire thing like we do here for you on our Patreon or just, you know, the the worst version is your friend just trying to explain it to you for this complicated game. We don't recommend it, but like, you know, you're breaking out Catan. I'm pretty sure you and I could explain Catan to a mm-hmm. couple of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is a good point. They they do even on their cover of the rule book. They do say if go you're more of a visual out. learner, <laughs> go go to our website and you can watch the video there. I think that's a good point. One thing, though, that I did like about Space Base is I feel like it was an organized rule book. They did it properly, just like any other game. But at the very beginning, they're they almost seemed to give a brief explanation of how the game operated before they then went that, into all the pieces. That was a stellar rule book. That's true. It can be done. So I feel like um, there. Yeah, it might be a couple more pages, but in a game that that's so complicated as this, it might have been wise for them to have had a couple pages that just very simply went over in a linear way how the game operates. So then when you start to read and learn, you have a grasp of how the game works. And so you're not in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, yeah, but I, I think for the most part, um the the artworks our artwork isn't isn't too bad i think for it being a game that takes place in like the new industrial revolution period it could have been dull and grim and i feel like um with that being the case they they did a decent job it's not it's not super vibrant, but you wouldn't want it to be. It wouldn't fit mm-hmm. with the theme, and it's not too dull. There could be a couple tweaks here and there, but for the most part, I feel like it's a it's a really good, a, a really good design. Agreed. The the other like the play pieces feel really good, right? The cardboard's thick enough, card stock very well done. Um, again, this is one where you're handling a lot of the pieces a ton anyway so they're gonna hold up over time all the coin everything's like you know good consistency very limited numbers of just like hard wood pieces right the little beer barrels the coal and the steel but yeah everything was really good well and i like how they have a night side and a day side just kind of i mean it's the is it gonna be the same map it's the it's the same like the but, exact same map? Yeah. Like things are... Yeah, no, Because that could have been identical. an opportunity, right? Would you have liked it if there was... If the place... I guess the places can't be in different places because it's literally... <laughs> this is based on a real... Right. This is Birmingham. <laughs> I feel like... And the I, surrounding townships. I feel like they could have changed what's in what city. They really don't. Let's see. Bell Pepper has those three. Yep, that's exactly the same. Leak has those two things. That's exactly the same. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they're all the same. <laughs> it's really just an artistic thing. I don't, which I don't understand. I like that it's 
it's two-sided. You're taking advantage of, of both sides of the board. And I like how they have a night and a day that's cool, but they could have had taken a little bit more liberty in, in making some small adjustments so that there's even more replayability. Right. But I mean, there is unlimited replayability with this game because it's, it's a strategy game. For sure. Um, I think... Hmm. What would I rate this game? That is a hard question. I think... I think right now I'll just give it a solid 8. Um, but I do think that after some more plays... Maybe also with three players, with four players, where you're getting in each other's way. Yeah. Which I love games that do that. I think I could I could see that score go up. I very much agree, but also I'm trying to think of like I'm trying to think of a game where on my first play it was a nine or a ten. Like when I watch a movie or read a book or play a video even playing a video game, right? Almost right away, I know if I love it. Whereas mm -hmm. board games sometimes take like the third or fourth play before you really realize how many ways you can win and all, right. the, all the different nuances and strategy that's hiding in there. And so for right out of the gate, and especially how slow it started for it to be around an eight out of 10, I, that's really high praise. Um, there's, it's number one for a reason. Let's not right. kid ourselves. <laughs> so what number are you saying? I'll say eight. Eight. I'll say eight. That's a really good number. All right. Sweet. Well, you heard it here, folks. We uh, just after our first playthrough, we have an eight. And I mean, just halfway through the game, we enjoyed it a lot more. Yes. So playing a full game with like four people, everyone knows how to play. I think that would be a lot of fun. I agree. All right. Awesome. Well, this was definitely a challenge. Um, I do not look forward to trying and figuring out the rules to a game that's like a 4.3. <laughs> yeah, this hum but, this humbled you, right? Like, so this is 3.89 on complexity on weight. I don't know how we do anything higher. Like, look at, looking back at Dune Imperium being like in the low threes, that felt hard at the time but we got it once we read the rules i anything in the fours is i, f I feel like we're just gonna give <laughs> yeah. up like we're gonna like yeah. set it all up we're well, gonna, and we, we gave up the, with this even the setup like if it gets harder than this maybe we won't get the setup this the setup we we got we put all those things in the right spots we did good we did, we good, did good on the setup gosh i'm picturing a four just being even more ambiguous and more little tokens or cards or anything. Yeah. Whew. Yep. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed the episode. If you enjoyed it, you have any uh, praise you want to give, by all means, on uh, whatever platform you're using to watch and listen to this, please give us a review. Uh, it'll help other people who want to listen to this podcast find it if you want to watch our playthrough check out our patreon or you can subscribe if you are listening on spotify and you can watch us play there 
and uh, our Patreon, we also have weekly polls. We have our Discord where you can engage with us and engage with members of the community. So there's a lot out there that we're trying to offer you. And uh, we hope you take advantage. All right. Well, we will hopefully have you all listen in our next episode. All right. See you later.